Today's Issues continues on AFR. And welcome back to Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Ray Pritchard along with Alex McFarland. And hey, we're welcoming Steve Jordahl back with us now. Hey, hey, hey. How hey, y'all Steve, doing? Steve, what's Steve. up? How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm getting better. My voice is getting better every day and uh, glad to be here with you. Good, you good. You sound well, like yourself. I'm getting there. So uh, what's Ron, going on in the great big world out there? Ron, our, our producer, gave me some throat coat tea. Our producer, uh, the guy that does our localization here, uh, brought me some tea. So I'm, I'm very grateful. Thank you, Ron. And um, this is helping. You, you know, that stuff works, actually. I was I on, Steve, I was on the road speaking about two weeks ago, and I was in... I can't remember where I was, but they had some throat coat hot tea. Mm -hmm. And if you're a singer or a speaker, it really does wonders, doesn't it? It does. I've been uh, on the radio here. I've been on this talk show for maybe two or three years, but I've been singing uh, hard. I mean, professionally, like uh, for, uh, well, 20, 30 years. And it has saved me so many times. It's helped. It really does help. Wait a, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you just say singing? Did you say that? I did say singing, and I made a little money at it. It's not. It's not. I didn't know anything about this other yeah, whole. Hey, let me say this: in addition to being a journalist, Steve Jordahl is a gifted singer. He really is. I've heard him. Steve. Yeah. Steve. Hey, Ray. Steve. What? Well, what's up, Steve? The singer. I'm liking it. I'm learning something new there every day here. All right. So now, tell us what's going on in the big world out there, folks. I would like to talk COVID. I know that you guys are tired of this, but I have some I have some statistics for you, and I know they're right because they're my statistics. <laughs> I had COVID back in December of last year, and I wanted to know how much my antibody count was if it's still staying around. You know, do I need the vaccine? Has it has it gone away? Well, I got an antibody test uh, this uh, over the weekend, and I got the numbers this morning. Uh, normal. Protein level, the level of uh, of anti antivirus against this COVID that you have in your body is 0 0.08. That's it's on whatever scale they use. 0 0.08. A little more would be 0 0.09, and then you get to one, and then two. I have 317 what? Whatever, of whatever it is. That's what? 300. That's 3,900 times more. <clears throat> 395 thousand percent more. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the antibody test is probably something that we should probably look into. I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, I thought when you said that you're going to say, okay, it's two point five or three yeah. or something. No, three seventeen. Three seventeen. So you're in good shape. You couldn't be in any better. I don't. I would yeah. Guess. No. The one thing I don't know is how much does the uh, vaccine give you? I mean, it could be that the vaccine gets you to a thousand, but uh, I don't know. I but I doubt it. I doubt it. I think I'm the 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 doctor, the nurse. The, I guess it was a uh, uh, what's the practitioner, the pseudo doctor, um, the almost uh, doctor. Yes, the nurse, the um, nurse practitioner. No, not nurse practitioner. The, the physician's assistant. PA. The PA. Yes, the PA. PA. Sure. The physician's assistant uh, said I was good to go. So I'm. I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah, well, wouldn't it be something while um, many are calling out for vaccine mandates, if you had sufficient antibodies uh, equal to or greater than what the vaccine would give anyway, if you could 
be exempt from the vaccine. You think they'd allow that? Um, <laughs> they'd have, they're going to have to catch me. I'm not getting the vaccine. Um, yeah. I just, at this point, uh, it, it, at first it was that we didn't know enough, and then it was that I'd leave it for others, and now it's just that I don't need it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I'm not going to put it in my arm. I just, you keep hearing. I know it's rare, uh, but you keep hearing of side effects, some of them fairly serious. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it, it, I'm covered. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I hope it's not wrong or rude. I will tell you this. If someone asks me, I'm going to play celebrity. Um, this is, I want to play you, <laughs> play you something that the mayor of San Francisco has said recently. She was at a light nightclub in San Francisco called the Black Cat. She was there to watch a group called Tony, Tony, Tony which was reuniting after several years. She's very excited about being there. And I want, but she was caught there without a mask. Listen to what she said, cut eight. I don't know about you and whether or not you know who Raphael Sadiq and Dwayne Wiggins are, but I don't know about you, but if you know who they are, I don't care where you're sitting, you're gonna get up and start dancing. My drink was sitting at the table I got up and started dancing because I was feeling the spirit and I wasn't thinking about a mask. I was thinking about having a good time and in the process I was following the health orders. I'm vaccinated. I don't need to wear a mask and take a picture every single time. I don't want to. But at the same time, I'm being careful to not only protect myself and to protect other people. This is nitpicking. This is really unfortunate. And let me tell you, when the spirit moves you because you are watching history in the making, Bay Area royalty perform, I don't know about you, but I'm not going to turn around and look for where my mask is. Yeah, I don't have to wear it. I'm feeling uh, feeling the spirit. <clears throat> I just I, That's what my line is going to be. I, I'm I was too excited to, say, to look around and wonder where my we're, mask we're gonna is. We're going to use that line. Don't, don't be nitpicky. Yeah, don't be I'm nitpicky. I'm in the spirit. Yeah. The spirit led me. That's and, right. The spirit led me to leave my mask. Although, at home. if I if I reference the spirit, I, I I suspect I'm talking about a different spirit a than different London spirit Breed. Than she is. But <laughs> well, you know, you know, Steve. Actually, her point of view is where a lot of Americans are, and I say this in a positive way. She's been vaccinated. She might as well go out, right? She might as well go to these events and leave her mask at home. And uh, if you actually, I don't, I don't disagree with what she said because it's just and the the, the mask. I was going to say mask Nazis, but I shouldn't say that on the radio. But the the pro-mask people have gone so far that ordinary Americans are hugely reacting against them. Brent, do you still have the cut from yesterday that I used? Or I didn't. We didn't get to use, but it was the guy that was talking about um, vaccination, the effectiveness of vaccination. It was a, it was a comedy clip. We'll see if he gets it. But um, yeah, it. it uh, <laughs> There's a lot of different stuff going around. I have a cut that uh, while he's looking, I'll just reference this. He doesn't have to, we can play it if you can manage to push the button while you're looking. Um, the science about this is really kind of up in the air. You know that we're supposed to re uh, distance ourselves six feet apart, right? That's because it's a science, right? Well, not yeah. so much. Uh, can you hit cut nine while you're doing that, Brent? The six feet is a perfect example of sort of the lack of 
um, rigor around how CDC made recommendations. Nobody knows where it came from. Most people assume that the six feet of distance, the recommendation for keeping six feet apart, comes out of some old studies related to flu, where droplets don't travel more than six feet. We now know COVID spreads through aerosols. The initial recommendation that the CDC brought to the White House, and I talk about this, was 10 feet. And a, a political appointee in the White House said, we can't recommend 10 feet. Nobody can measure 10 feet. It's inoperable. Society will shut down. So the compromise was around six feet. It's a political compromise, but it's science, but not. Wait, wait, Steve, you're saying that political leveraging has been entered into the COVID equation? I know it's a shock, uh, Alex. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. Who knew? Well, I, a lot of people, actually, <laughs> <laughs> if you yeah. think about it. So, um, it was very arbitrary, wasn't it? It, it was. Um, and then one more cut on this while we're talking about it. Um, Rand Paul was in Kentucky. And he was in uh, Butler, Butler County, Kentucky. He was doing a speech, and he was talking about um, the antibodies that are in the, in the, uh, the monoclonal antibody treatment. Listen to what he says in Cut 10. There is a treatment that will save your life and that you need to know about, and that if your parents get sick, you need to know about. The best treatment out there is probably the IV um, monoclonal antibodies. This is made by Regeneron and Eli Lilly. It's an infusion, but here's the rub. You have to be within a certain window of time to get it. If you're not sick enough, they won't give it to you. And if you're too sick, they won't give it to you. Every day, I think we could be saving lives if we'd make it more available. Governor DeSantis in Florida is putting them out everywhere, these IV clinics where you can get it. But the interesting thing is, some in government, they won't explicitly tell you this, but some in government are downplaying this because they think, oh, if you think you can be treated, you won't bother to be vaccinated. They're talking about, or not talking about the IV monoclonal antibodies because they have another agenda, basically. Yep, they, they do. Uh, so, and, and here's what you hear. Well, if, you know, you got to wear a mask because you're putting me at danger. Yeah, I'm vaccinated, but you're still putting me at danger. We, we wonder kind of, well, what good is vaccination then? This right. is what this gentleman wondered, uh, cut 14. Hi, this is a little message to the unvaccinated. Ugh. You are killing everyone. It's your fault. You're being selfish. So get the vaccine because I'm vaccinated. I am vaccinated. Okay. And so I'm protected because the vaccine is safe and effective. So if you're around me and you're unvaccinated, then you're putting me at, at well, you're not. You're, no, okay. So you're selfish because if I'm protected and you're around me, then I'm. Then I'm fine, but you're but you're me. Sorry, if you're not vaccinated, then you're not. It's your. Um, you're racist, is what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> that's clever. Whoever whoever thought that up, Steve. <laughs> right. That's good satire, right? Because he sounds so serious. At I the know. There's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people like that. Have you guys ever wondered? Uh, have you guys noticed at your local restaurant? Um, that they still haven't recovered all the people that used to work there. You can go in and there's half the tables are being used because there's no waiters or waitresses. Have yeah. you noticed that? Sure, sure. Uh, um, you know what? I, I have seen a lot of fast food places that the, the lobbies aren't open. Uh, at one point, it was because the lobbies were closed because of COVID. Now the lobbies are closed, only the drive throughs open because of lack of staff. Well, let me tell you, I'm going to go back to Ron, Rand Paul, same, same speech. He's talking about what, what you can get in Kentucky 
if you if you take advantage of the the gifts that the government is giving you listen to cut 12. right now we're paying people thirty two thousand dollars a year in kentucky not to work so if you're a husband and wife and you each get thirty two thousand you're at sixty four thousand the child tax credit is refundable if you have two kids and a husband and wife unemployed sixty four thousand plus another fifteen thousand for the child tax credit now you're at about eighty earned income tax credit you're about eighty five so if you work the system, you can get $85,000 a year for being unemployed. That means there's a lot of jobs that are going to go unfilled if you make less than that. Now, some people are still working just because they have the pride of it. But why would you work if you make $30,000 a year if you can get thirty-two for not working and then do a little cash on the side? That's what's going on. Yeah. $80,000, $85,000 a year if you're a married couple with kids for not working. That's unbelievable. I mean, we used to say good work if you can get it, but this is more like good, good non-work if you can't get it, right? It's crazy what's happening. Yeah. All right. Well, it's really setting a, a very unfortunate precedent because, you know, the longer this lags on, there's going to—I mean, it, one of the things we have to do in every succeeding generation is instill a work ethic, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Yep. But— Hey, well, they, um— here in here in Kansas, Steve, you go up and down the streets on in, on the front door or the front window of almost every store, especially these fast food workers wanted. And I saw one of these fast food places that said your starting salary will be seventeen dollars an hour. Yeah. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And and you go there, and they still can't get people, can't I've, get anybody to work for them. I've seen businesses offering a thousand dollars signing bonus. Yes, yes. That would have motivated me as a teenager. It might motivate me now. <laughs> right. Um, I, I, uh, Pew Research Center has come up with some interesting statistics. We're moving on from uh, COVID, if that's okay. Um, Please. <laughs> so, the Trump era, do you think it was good or bad for evangelicals, for the evangelical movement? <clears throat> I think you've seen this, so you you know what the the numbers. Well, say. but 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 the but the received wisdom, the common wisdom, or whatever is that Trump was bad for evangelicals. How he ran you? people out of churches. That's right? right. I mean, who would be an evangelical and want to stay with such a crass and and you know unseemly fellow? Right. You wouldn't. Right. All those mean tweets. But here's what the data says, and this is the data say I should say. Um, this is Pew Research Center's numbers. There were twenty five percent of the country identified as born, as born again or evangelical in 2016. <clears throat> when Trump left office, that number was twenty nine percent. So evangelicals mm. picked up two percent. I'm sorry, four uh, percent. You're saying Trump grew the church. Trump grew the church four <laughs> percent. I'm not Amen. saying he did it on purpose. That wasn't his, you know, his main goal. He might, he might have even not, not known he did it, but he did. It was good. Is CNN ought to be all over this? No, I guess I not. I don't think they will. But yeah, so and he's he's running again, guys. I mean, he hasn't made the exact announcement, but everything out of that. He's camp, doing all the stuff you would do, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Run again. So the you're saying the evangelical church grew from. 25% to 29% between 2016-2020. That goes against the, the received wisdom, yeah. Alex, that oh, Trump yeah, was bad. Yeah. 
And, you know, um, Jerry Falwell Jr., who back in 2015 was president of uh, Liberty, and then Robert Jeffers and myself were, uh, I mean, there were some outliers, but among evangelical leaders that have a platform, you know, we were talking about him by the early summer 2015. He declared, uh, I believe, in, in June of 2015, and, you know, I'm on the road speaking a couple hundred places a year, and all anybody was talking about was Donald Trump. And I've got to tell you, you know, um, I've, I've one of my friends who's a major, major Christian writer and a, a dear friend, but he said, Alex, people think you're crazy. Donald Trump will never see the inside of the Oval Office. That's what this guy wrote to me. Uh, and uh, anyway, uh, I, I really think that... Um, <laughs> Don't rule out Donald Trump, because uh, he bucked conventional wisdom the first time he may do it again. The question I have, Steve, and Ray, too, is, you know, will we have honestly tabulated elections? Because, you know, 90% of all eligible voters might vote for a conservative constitutionalist candidate, Trump included. But if, if the elections aren't honestly counted... You know, what does it matter? The thing that I that really concerns me is that, um, and, and I think a lot of people have this fear, is are we going to have honest elections moving forward? I think it would be hard to try to pull the same stunts as they did, the same deceptions as they did in 2016. I mean, um, the GOP is going to have lawyers everywhere, and they're not going to be able to shut down accounting uh polling place at or wherever they count the votes at midnight then come back at two o'clock or you know without anybody knowing mm-hmm. um the the stuff that they already tried to the extent that uh we understand it we we suspect or we've proven that it has been fixed they're they're going to guard against that and if president trump wins and he wins by a big enough margin there's nothing e- even cheating can do yeah well, you know, some might argue that in 2020, uh, I mean, the numbers just don't seem to add up. But here's the other thing, another subject for another day, perhaps. I think all of this early voting, uh, this just endless voting, muddies the waters. And may- maybe I'm just a little OCD, but I'm just not. You know, I liked it the day that you went that second Tuesday in November and you waited in line and you voted. And you, uh, it might not have always been convenient, but you got your house in order, and you went, you waited, and you voted. Ray, am I just being old school? Oh, yes, but you're being old school in a good way, Alex. I mean, this is the way elections were done always until just recently. You've got to give the Dems some, I guess, a kind of backhanded compliment, the liberal left. They knew that the way to win was to change the rules, and they used COVID, the pandemic, the, quote, emergency to bring in the particularly the voting by mail. When you're doing this voting by mail on, on a statewide basis, you are opening the door, Alex, opening the door to fraud. You're encouraging cheating. You're almost mm-hmm. you're, you're almost putting a legal imprimatur on it and saying, just go ahead, go ahead. So uh, my question is, I, I agree, Steve, with what you said about the 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 Republicans Republicans going to be out there, but uh, we see that we see the fight in the states about voter ID and and vote by mail. So, are we mm-hmm. going to have free and fair elections? And you know, part of this too, Alex, is about uh, perception. If the people feel 
that they can trust that the election is fair. If that's a general consensus, there's going to be people much more likely to accept the result, even if it's not the candidate they voted for. But across the board, if people feel shenanigans on a big scale are being done, you're going to have the kind of thing that we're dealing with here in 2021, just a sense of what really happened last November. Who really knows? You know, it's going to be really fun to watch if if President Trump wins the Democrats going from, oh, these elections are all safe and there's nothing wrong, all the way to you're going to hear what you heard in 2016. Now, something's not right with that vote. We need to count right. that. We can't let the, the you know electors vote, which is exactly what they said in 2016. But, uh, yeah, you're mm-hmm. going to hear that again. Well, and, you know, the, the voter ID, having to show an ID, and I'm sure everybody's heard this argued, you know, you have to show an ID to get a prescription um, some some on the left have said to me, well, the conservatives that want people to have to show a photo ID to vote, you're trying to obstruct the rights of certain voters. Well, no, and we are trying to protect the rights of other voters. I mean, uh, no matter where you are on the political spectrum, we all should want, because this is part of the genius of America, that we can, we can plot our, our life and our destiny with ballots, not bullets, as has been often said. We should all, no matter who you are, should want honest elections. And a good way to help ensure that is by making people show an ID. You're sounding awful racist there, uh, Alex. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, uh, I, he I wouldn't be thought racist, no, right? But he would he be. Shouldn't uh, be uh, thought uh, racist to say, Bring an ID. You got to bring an ID almost everywhere else you go. Yeah, bring it with you to the polling. You, you have to, to ha- show you. an ID to to get a cell phone, to check out a library book, to to have a a government issued photo ID is not burdensome or oppressive. Yeah, uh, uh, it's like the African Americans don't know how to get that. There's a headline in the Babylon Bee, my favorite uh, um, spoof news, uh, sarcastic news, fake news. It says a New York restaurant is adding voting booths so they can allow people in without IDs. <laughs> mm. Okay, that's good. You yeah. have to stop and think that's about that. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that's, you know, we love the Babylon Bee. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, do we think we're going to have free and fair elections? Uh, I'd like to know we're going to have free and fair elections next year in the midterms, right? Forget 24. we got a big election yeah. to get through next year. We'll yeah. see. That's we'll be true. watching. We'll be watching. Hey, um, our vice president, how popular do you think she is? Oh, not so much, but <laughs> what do I know? She went back over the weekend to her alma mater, Howard University, and she was asked to do the coin flip at the 50-yard line for the beginning of the game. Well, mm-hmm. Howard was afraid that uh, she wasn't going to be getting that good of a reception, so when she walked in, they they pumped up the crowd noise. They they added fake crowd noise. I want no, you to listen to this. Really? This is cut 11. You'll hear it a little bit at the beginning where it's kind of sparse, and then all of a sudden you're going to hear thousands and thousands of people that weren't attending the game. Cut 11. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty obvious, isn't so, it? A canned audience. Yeah. We don't want her to feel that, bad. She's an alumni. Yeah, 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 that's like when um, during the um, 2016 campaign when Hillary Clinton spoke uh, at the allegedly 18,000 seat Greensboro Coliseum, but everybody knew it was the UNCG gymnasium. 
uh, because, you know, 18,000 seats, 80% of which were empty, that wouldn't look good. Well, folks, thank you for being with us for today's edition, this edition of Today's Issues here on American Family Radio. Uh, Thanks to my good friend, uh, Alex McFarland. Alex, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Steve. It's good to be with you. We're going to be back again tomorrow. So stay tuned, folks, to more great programming here on American Family Radio, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. 